This is the Retirement Detective Podcast, where we dive into cases with Philip Mock, chartered financial analyst and certified financial planner professional, to solve common retirement and financial planning questions. Get insight into how to solve quandaries that appear on the path to and through retirement, ideas on how to approach savings and investing for retirement, and how to plan for retirement in a tax-efficient manner. Now, here's your host and lead retirement detective, Philip Mock. Hi, everyone. It's Philip Mock here with The Retirement Detective, and I'm pleased to welcome you to another episode. Today, we're talking about the top five changes in the new Secure 2.0 legislation. It's an interesting case, and we're going to dive into it right now. The original Secure Act was passed in 2019, and it's an acronym for setting every community up for retirement enhancement. Last December, so that would be December 2022, Congress passed a new bill that changed a lot of the aspects of the original SECURE Act. So practitioners are calling it SECURE 2.0 because it amends or updates many of the provisions that were created in the 2019 legislation. Today we're going to dive into what I consider the top five changes in the SECURE 2.0 Act. Number one, the RMD age. So the original SECURE Act pushed the required minimum distribution age limit for IRAs from 70 and a half to 72. It had been 70 and a half for a long time, and in 2019, it pushed that required minimum distribution age limit for IRAs from 70 and a half to 72. Let's take a quick moment and go back and examine what required minimum distributions are. For certain types of retirement accounts like IRAs, you have required minimum distributions once you reach a certain age. So even though these accounts allow you to grow the investments within the accounts tax-free without any current taxation on capital gains or dividends and interest, the IRS doesn't basically permit these to grow tax-free into perpetuity. Beginning at a certain age, they require you to begin taking the money out and it's called a required minimum distribution. It's a formula. The IRS provides basically the denominator of a fraction that you apply based on the prior year's ending balance to determine how much your required minimum distribution should be for the current year. There's a few exceptions to that, especially in the first year that you're required to take it. You're allowed to delay it a little bit, but we'll cover that in another episode. The Secure 2.0 legislation further pushed this deadline out from 72 even further into your your potential lifespan. So for those that were born before 1951, there's really no change. So if you were born sometime before 1951, no, no really impact for you on this part. So if you were born between 1951 and 1959, your RMD age is now 73. So if you were born anytime during that time period, and you have an account type that has a required minimum distribution, you now begin those required distributions at age 73. If you were born 1960 or later, your required minimum distribution age is now 75. So as you may have picked up on, nobody has a required minimum distribution begin when they turn age 74, which kind of makes for some interesting scenarios. So basically, no one will be required to begin taking RMDs in 
2033, for instance. But for those born 1960 or later, the RMD age is now 75. And just a quick reminder, inherited IRAs have their own RMD methodology, so these ages do not apply to inherited IRAs. The second big change that we're going to talk about is the changes in penalties for not taking out your required minimum distribution either at the right time or in the complete amount. Historically, the RMD penalty for being short was 50%. So whatever the shortfall dollar amount was, times 50%, you had that much to pay in penalties. With the new Secure 2.0 legislation, that amount is now reduced to 25% of the shortfall amount. And it is further reduced to 10% if the mistake is corrected in a timely manner in what's called the correction window. The third big change in the Secure 2.0 legislation is around Roth planning. So historically, Roth IRAs have not had required minimum distributions. It's one of their best features and makes Roth IRAs a really great candidate to do some estate planning because whatever amount is in those IRAs after the required minimum distribution ages, you you may be having to take money out of your regular IRA or 401k, but you're you're not having required distributions from your, your Roth IRA. Interestingly, under the old law, Roth 401ks and Roth 403bs still had RMDs. So some employers in their 401k plans or 403b plans have both a pre-tax and an after-tax feature. So a pre-tax being a regular 401k and an after-tax being a Roth 401k or 403b. Those balances did have required minimum distribution. So it was very strange that you could have a Roth 401k account that required a minimum distribution and then a Roth IRA account outside of the employer plan that did not have a required minimum distribution. The Secure 2.0 legislation fixes this and removes the requirement for RMDs from both Roth 401ks and Roth 403bs. This is effective in 2024, so it's a little bit further out. And historically, a lot of people would do a Roth 401k rollover to a Roth IRA because they wanted to avoid the required minimum distribution, but the need for that is is really not there anymore. Along that same line, we now have Roth simple IRAs and Roth SEP IRAs. So as we've talked about in a previous episode, a SEP IRA and a simple IRA are two employer types of retirement plans for small businesses and historically, they've only been pre-tax vehicles, but effective immediately in 2023, you can now have a Roth SEP IRA and a Roth Simple IRA holding after-tax money. You may not see these in the real world very soon because it will take some time for custodians and other benefit providers to sort of get caught up to the law and figure out how to program their software to accept this, to get the paperwork ready to go for this, etc. But theoretically, this begins in 2023. The last change in Roth planning is that employers can now begin making their matching contributions to the Roth 401k portion of a retirement plan. Historically, a participant, if a, if a plan had a, a 401k and a Roth 401k feature, so both a pre-tax and an after-tax feature in their retirement plan, 
the participant had the choice to either contribute pre-tax dollars to the 401k or after-tax dollars to the Roth 401k. But to the extent that their employer matched that money through an employer matching scenario, so for instance, the employer agrees to match 100% up to 3% of the employee's salary, assuming that the employee also contributes 3%. So you'd have 3% employee match, 3% employer match for a total of 6%. Historically, the 3% that was the employees in that particular example, they had the choice of either doing regular 401k contributions or Roth 401k contributions, but the employer was required to only put their contributions, the matching contribution, in the pre-tax portion. The Secure 2.0 Act does make this change, and now employers can begin making their matching contributions to Roth 401ks, which was not the case before. This is effective immediately. It's going to take some time for plan sponsors and third-party administrators to kind of wrap their head around this new feature. Employers will have to adopt it, and it will take some time. But theoretically, this is available beginning immediately. That's an exciting change that now you could elect to have your contributions and your employer's matching contributions potentially all in after-tax money if that made sense for you and your plan. One more important thing on the Roth features, beginning in 2024, the Roth catch-up contributions will be required for certain highly paid individuals. So if your wages from the plan sponsor from the year before were greater than the threshold amount, which presently is $145,000, then any catch-up contributions that employee were to receive would be forced into the after-tax portion. So this is a big change for highly compensated employees that exceed that $145,000 limit. Historically, those catch-up contributions went to the pre-tax portion because that was the only place that employer matching contributions were allowed to go. But now with the new after-tax contributions for matching, these highly paid employees will be required to have their match in the Roth portion. If for some reason the plan has not implemented the after-tax feature and therefore causes a highly paid employee that's making more than the $145,000 amount, they're not able to make their have their match because the match has to go in the after-tax portion and the after-tax portion hasn't been established for it to be received, then the IRS says that nobody in the plan can have a catch-up contribution. The fourth big change in the Secure 2.0 legislation involves qualified charitable distributions. Qualified charitable distributions are the ability to make a distribution to a qualified charity directly from your IRA, which reduces your required minimum distribution amounts. There are rules here on what age you can begin doing this, et cetera, and we'll cover that separately. But historically, this has been limited to 100,000 per year. Beginning in 2024, Secure 2.0 adds an inflation adjustment to this number so that it will begin to rise. So beginning in 2024, the qualified charitable distribution amount, the amount that you can contribute to a qualified charity directly from your IRA and reduce your RMD, that amount will begin growing with inflation in 2024 from its present level of $100,000.
The fifth big change in the Secure 2.0 Act has to do with catch-up contributions. So historically, for an IRA, your catch-up contribution was $1,000, and it's been that way for a long time. While the the base amount has increased with inflation, the catch-up amount really has not, and it's been $1,000 for quite some time. Beginning in 2024, the catch-up amount will be indexed for inflation And so you're going to start to see that $1,000 catch-up portion increase. Another feature and change with the catch-up contributions is the catch-up contributions in employer retirement plans. So this would be 401ks, 403bs, 457 plans, for instance. If you're in a higher and nearer to retirement ages, like age 60 to age 63, so you're, you're one of those four ages, 60, 61, 62, 63, you have a higher catch-up contribution limit amount. It will be either $10,000 or 150% of the indexed catch-up amount for that year. So a little bit confusing there. So it'll be either the greater of $10,000 or basically 150% of the standard catch-up amount. So you'll have to do some math there. That wraps up the top five changes from the new Secure 2.0 legislation. All of these changes have more detail than what I discussed here today, and there are lots more changes in the legislation that I didn't even talk about. For instance, the ability to direct some QCD money to a charitable remainder trust and changes for emergency savings withdrawals, etc. I believe there were over 90 changes inside this legislation, and I only covered five of them, and I covered them at a very high level. So a quick reminder that it's really important for you to discuss these changes with your your tax accountant and other professionals on your financial team to make sure you understand them and to make sure that if they apply to you that they're applied correctly because I only covered the things here at a really high level. I enjoyed going over these with you today and I really look forward to our next episode where we'll dive into another case. We'll see you the next time. This recording strictly is for informational, educational, and entertainment purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. Opinions expressed are as of the date of recording. Such opinions are subject to change. Philip Mock is an owner of 1522 Financial LLC. 1522 Financial LLC is a registered investment advisor with its principal place of business in the state of Oklahoma. Registration of an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The views and opinions of guests on this program are not necessarily those of 1522 Financial LLC. 1522 Financial LLC is not affiliated with any guest or his or her business affiliates unless otherwise stated. 1522 Financial LLC does not guarantee the accuracy or the completeness of the data presented herein. 1522 Financial LLC shall not be responsible for any trading decisions, damages, or other losses resulting from or related to the information, data analysis, or opinions, or their use. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investments are subject to investment risk, including possible loss of principal. Individuals should seriously consider if an investment is suitable for them by referencing their own financial position, investment objectives, and risk profile before making any investment decisions. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, accounting, or other professional services, and nothing in this podcast should be relied upon as rendering legal, financial, accounting, or other professional services. Philip Mock is not a detective or law enforcement officer. Any reference to cases or case files is purely for entertainment purposes only.